Well, good morning. Are you still doing good? I'm looking for a bit of information that I need to give you. So bear with me while I put the password in on my phone. Okay, I found it. All right, are you doing good? Are you ready for God's Word? I, I believe I've got a word for you that uh, God wants to challenge you with and speak to you today. I think it's going to be an encouragement to you. Uh, before we get into that, I uh, wanted to let you know that the iKids volunteer party uh, appreciation thing has been moved. What is Sunday, March 17th? So, uh, so you guys are able to prepare for that at 5 p.m. Sunday, March the 17th. And so you got about six weeks. Uh, put that on your calendar so you can be there if you serve in any capacity uh, in our iKids area. We want you to be there on March the... 17. <laughs> All right, good. Um, we're excited about groups beginning this week, and I wanted to let you know last weekend was Give Big Weekend, and uh, and we challenge we challenge ourselves as a church every year to bring God our 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 best offering, our best gift. We were talking about for for some of us, you know, that was to begin maybe just honoring God with the first ten percent. Uh, of your increase, and for some, for others, it was giving above and beyond that, and we were able to do that last Sunday, and uh, so so much participation, people that wanted to just honor God with their finances. Uh, we talk about it every single year, but we do three things to begin the year. We pray, we fast, and we give, and we base that off of what Jesus said when he was preaching uh, a famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount when he said, he just assumed when you pray, do it this way, when you fast, do it this way, and when you give, do it this way. And so we want to uh, begin every year off by doing that. And I wanted to uh, let you know what what the total was that's going to be able to go to reach more people for Jesus and outreach and and uh, the new location and different things like that. And uh, are you? D- does anybody want to know what the, <laughs> anybody, only about half of you want to know? Uh, what the total was. So this was specific to Give Big Weekend only. Uh, the total that, that you guys gave uh, as a part of Give Big Weekend only. This is not the entire month. This is only Give Big Weekend. All right, so I'm prerequisiting it with that. Uh, the total that that came in was $51,835.19. <laughs> and we were... I know we were excited to be a part of that and to have our kids be a part of that and just honoring God. Uh, it's incredible to see so many people that want to honor God uh, with every part of your life. It's not all about money, but money is a big part of, of who we are, and, and it sometimes it has a hold on us. So for, for us to start the year off and say, you know what, my money will not own me. And I want God's blessing on my life, on my family, on my finances, and for us to be able to give uh, on that weekend and really just honor God in that way was incredible. So uh, that was amazing. I want to, uh, so I'm going to preach a message to you, and I want to start today with our with our text from the Word of God. And so this will be on the screen behind me, or if you want to open your Bible app and get the notes on there, you can follow along and take notes on your phone, or you can write these down. But I want to start in what is probably one of the most uh, popular passages of Scripture that that we read. And even if you've never really been a church person, or you didn't grow up in church, you have probably heard this. We're only going to read six verses. You have probably heard this at some point in your life. Uh, you can probably quote some of it from memory. 
But I want to read it today. And I told Andrea uh, earlier when, when the worship team was, was going through everything and, and doing sound check and everything, I said when, when she was going, picking out the songs, it didn't even dawn on me, but we were going through these songs. And I thought, wow, that is exactly what I'm preaching on <laughs> today. And so a lot of the lyrics that we were even singing are what I think God is wanting to speak to us today. So we're going to be in Psalms chapter 23. Psalm 23, and I want to I want to read this, and then we're going to talk about it for a moment, and hopefully get a get a a great perspective on what God wants to do in your life today. Uh, so just starting in verse one, we'll read the entire thing. It says, "The Lord is my shepherd; I have all that I need." And yet we could stop right there. <laughs> we could just stop right there and end the service and say, "The Lord is my shepherd; He's going to take care of me." He, he, he's all that I need. I have all that I need. Some translations say, I don't want anything. I have want of nothing because God provides everything that I need. Then in verse 2, he says, He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Man, a lot of us, maybe you haven't ever read that translation. Maybe you know the old King James Version that many of us have memorized over the years but we're all probably familiar to some degree with Psalm 23. Now, I want to, for the next few moments, I want to talk to you today on, on this subject. I want to talk to you about good things. Somebody say good things. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say good things. Good things. We're going to talk about good things for a few minutes. And does anybody here believe that God has good things for you? Do, do you really, really believe that God has good things for you. Let me, let me say it this way. Does your face know that God has good things for you? Do the words that come out of your mouth know that God has good things for you? Because, see, we ask that question, do you believe God has good things for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, come on, whew, preach it. Yeah, I'm excited about this message. But does your face know? <laughs> Do your feet know? Does your mouth know that God has good things for you? See, here's what I've learned about life, and I think you probably have too, that sometimes you're on the mountaintop, right? Sometimes things are going really, really good, and things are great in your life, and you and your spouse are doing good, and you're not fighting too much, and your job seems to be going good. You're excited to come to church and worship God. You've been staying away from the bad habit that you're trying to break. You know, you went into the new year. I'm not going to do that anymore, and you've been staying away, and now you're, you know, 33 days or 34 days into the year, and you're like, whoo, I haven't gone back yet, and things are going really good, and on the mountaintop, things are great. I'm loving life because sometimes we're experiencing verses one through three. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we're 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 experiencing, oh man, I have all that I need, and I'm just resting in green meadows. I'm just laying down beside a peaceful stream. Everything's awesome in my oh, he's just renewed my strength, he's guiding me, and 
I'm honoring him, and, and we're just on the mountaintop, and things are going really, really good. And then other times, you're walking through a dark valley. Anybody ever been through a dark valley? <laughs> so when you're in the middle of a dark valley, do you believe? So take yourself back to that thing you went through. Do you believe that God has good things for you when you're in the middle of the thing that you're going through? <laughs> when you're in the dark valley, do you believe that God has good things for you? See, sometimes we're walking through dark valleys and your car breaks down. Sometimes you're walking through dark valleys and you walk out to go to work and you're already five minutes late from when you needed to leave and you have a flat tire. <laughs> Sometimes you're walking through a dark valley and you, you come home from work and you've had a great day and your kids are crazy. <laughs> Sometimes you've had a good day and you've been at home all day and your husband comes home from work or your wife comes home from work and, and you've gotten home and you're like, whoo, you're excited about the day and they're not so excited about the day. <laughs> Sometimes something tragic happens in your life. And everything seems to get dark. And you're not on the mountaintop anymore. You're down in the valley. And everything looks like it's surrounding you and it's bigger than what you can handle. Sometimes we're, we're going through a dark valley. Maybe you and your spouse have been fighting a lot or you get bad news from the doctor. And I believe that, that some of us here today and even those that are watching online, we want to welcome you that are watching online we're glad that you're with us today, that we're trying to stay on the path that God has for us. And we're trying to do good, and we're trying to do right, and we're seeking God, and it's the beginning of a new year. And But I think there are some of us that are either coming out of a verse 4, are in a verse 4, or are going to be going into a verse 4. And baby, right now you feel like, whew, I feel like I'm laying by that calm water. I feel like, oh, the grass is so green. Everything's so peaceful. Things are going great. Yeah, God has good things for me. But some of us are coming out of a dark valley. We're in a dark valley, even right now. Or there's one coming that maybe we don't see yet. But I want to ask you again, how many of you know that God puts good things in your life every single day? So no matter what, if you're on the mountain or if you're in the valley, God still puts good things in your life. <laughs> God still has good things in store for you. God still has good things in the midst of the chaos. When you're on the mountain, he has good things. And when you're in the valley, he has good things. Now... In this psalm, we see that the writer says that even when he walks through the dark valley, even when he goes through the struggle, even when he doesn't feel like he's on the mountaintop, he does a couple of things that I want to point out to help us today. A couple of things that I believe the writer of this psalm did that we need to learn how to do. A couple of things that we can be helped with. And 
As we launch into 2019, many of us are on the mountaintop right now, right? We're reading God's word. We're praying. We just came out of 21 days of prayer and fasting. You know, we're feeling good about things. You know, we don't hate our job as much anymore because we, it's like, God, you know, I feel like I'm supposed to, I feel like I'm supposed to do my job to the best of my ability. And right now, you know, you're 34 days into the year and you don't hate your job yet. And so right now you, you're thinking, you're thinking, yeah, everything's going good. On the mountaintop, beginning of the year. We honored God with our finances. We have high hopes. We're believing God for greater things in 2019. But there's something else that, that God tells us in his word that we need to talk about today. And it's this right here. He says that in this life, you will have trouble. In this life, you will have trouble. Now, after coming out of a series that we did called Greater Than... We're talking about all the great things that God has in store, and we're honoring God, and we're praying, and we're fasting, and we're giving, and doing all this stuff. I feel like I would do you a disservice if we didn't talk about the fact that probably at some point in 2019, you're going to be in a valley. So it's good, it's good to get hyped about the new year and really go in like, I'm going to seek God, I'm going to do things differently, I'm quitting that and I'm starting that and I'm doing all this. And you got all these plans for your life and for your kids and for your spouse and your marriage and for your job and what you're going to do. But I feel like we need to talk about and prepare for how to walk through the dark valleys in 2019. And so I want to give you two things that we all need to kind of stick in our back pocket for those moments when we feel like we're walking through the dark valley. And then at the end, I want to give you one more thing. So there's going to be three points today. The first two are going to be something for you to put in your back pocket and for you to remember. And then the third one is going to be something that you need to do to activate the first two. So I want to give you two things that, hey, when I, when I experience a dark valley, I need to remember these two things. And then the last one is going to be something you need to do today to prepare for the valley in your life. So when you're walking through a dark valley, here's number one. <laughs> Write this down. Don't freak out. <laughs> We're getting spiritually deep today. <laughs> when you're walking through a dark valley, so if you're in it right now, don't freak out. If, if the middle of March rolls around and here's a dark valley, don't freak out. See, this is, what, this is something that I think we can learn from Psalm 23 because the writer of Psalm 23 didn't freak out. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything that I need. He, he lets me do this. He makes me do this. Like, like he, he leads me. He's guiding me. And even when I walk through a dark valley, <laughs> I'm not going to be afraid. <laughs> can, we, can we say it this way? Even when. I walk through a dark valley. I will not freak out. <laughs> I will not start thinking the worst. I will not start talking about how God has left me. I will not start freaking out about my life when I walk through a dark valley. Now, have you ever known someone who freaked out when something happened? <laughs> you may be sitting next to them this morning. <laughs> Don't nudge anybody today. Talking about somebody that freaks out <laughs> when things get rough. Someone, you know, someone gets sick and they panic or some, something breaks in the house and they yell. Or the car has a flat tire and they start cussing. <laughs> Their spouse forgot to do the laundry and get the laundry washed and they freak out because they don't have what they need. You ever know somebody that just freaked out? Maybe you're that person today and you're like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> He's talking about me right now. 
I have a tendency to freak out when things get rough, when something goes wrong. And the writer of Psalm 23 says that while he is walking through the dark valley or the struggle or the hard time, he doesn't freak out. But he does do something else. And this is going to be our second point today, and you need to get this. You need to get this. I need to get this. After you have predetermined that when a dark valley comes into my life, I'm not going to freak out, here's what you've got to do. You've got to notice the rod, the staff, and the table. (laughs) He says, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. (laughs) After you have decided, I'm not going to freak out. You need to notice that God is always close to you, even when you're in the valley. And you need to notice the rod that protects, the staff that comforts, and the table That he's prepared for you in the middle of the thing. In the middle. uh, I think I will. I think I will. (laughs) I think I might. I think I'm going to say it one more time. (laughs) You need to notice (laughs) the table (laughs) that's prepared for you in the valley. See, when we're on the mountain, we start looking. Oh, there's a table here. Oh, look at all the good food. Look at what God's prepared for me when things are going good. But when you're in the valley, God says there's a table in the middle of the valley that I have already prepared for you. Even though it looks like you might be surrounded in your life, I love that song. I know that was the first time we've sung that song, and a lot of you have heard that song before, and that song's been around for a year or two. I don't know how long it's been around, but it's the first time we've sang it in our church. That when it looks like I'm surrounded, <laughs> I'm surrounded by you. I love, I don't know exactly where it is, but I love where, uh, I believe it's Elijah and his servant. And, and the servant looks out, looks out of the window and says, oh my gosh. We are surrounded by the enemy. Look at all of them. You know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. So <laughs> look at everybody that's around. Like there are hundreds and hundreds of people that are surrounding us. How are we going to get out of here? And, and, and here's what Elijah does. He says, he, he prays a prayer. And he says, God, open his eyes so that he can see. That even though we're surrounded, you ought to read this sometime. Even though we're surrounded by the enemy, (laughs) God has the enemy surrounded. (laughs) And even though it looks like there are a ton of people surrounding us right now, God has more in his army and all of these angels and all of the people (laughs) that he has that's surrounding the enemy that looks like they're surrounding us. And so when I notice, and he he says, God, help him to notice. (laughs) That there are way more and way more power in the people and the presence and the army of God that is surrounding your enemy. 
So even when you feel like you're surrounded, you need to remind yourself that it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like everything's going to pot, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like all hell is breaking loose in my life right now, but I'm surrounded by you. Even though it may feel like I'm surrounded, it may look like I'm surrounded, you need to take your eyes off of what looks like it's surrounding you and put your eyes on God who is surrounding the enemy who might be surrounding you. A lot of times when we're walking through a dark valley, we don't always see what's right in front of us. But here's what you need to know today, and here's what I need to know today, that what we don't see doesn't mean it's not there. (laughs) It just means that our eyes are not trained to look for it. (laughs) Just because you don't see it, just because you don't see the table, doesn't mean it's not there. Your eyes just haven't been trained to look for the table that's prepared for you in the middle of the valley. I remember I remember a time when I was a kid, and I don't remember exactly how old I was, but uh, we were going to a birthday party, and it was one of my friends, and they were going to, I don't remember what it's called, but here I think it, it was called like skate zone or whatever. It was the skating rink, basically. And so we get in, and we're excited, and we're skating around, we're having a good time, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you need to go to the bathroom, right? So you start looking for the bathroom, go in the bathroom, and, and take care of business, you know, and, and, then you, and then you come out. I don't know if you've ever done this before, but you come out and you just kind of, I had this thought. I walked out of the bathroom and I thought, I wonder why there weren't any urinals in there. <laughs> you ever been here, guys? <laughs> in this moment, and in that moment when you have that thought and things start to hit you, a little bit at a time, you start looking around to make sure that nobody else noticed <laughs> what you just did, right? And thank God there was nobody else in there when I walked up in there, right? And I had walked in the women's restroom to use the restroom, and I come out, and it's like, what did I just do? And you look at the door, and it's on the door. Right there on the door. Women. It's not a restroom that has a man and a woman on it, you know, where you just lock the door when you go. No, it's the women's restroom. And I started thinking to myself, and then I started thinking about it again this last week. I thought, how did I not see it? It was right there. And here's the reason why I didn't see it. It's because I wasn't focused on that. I wasn't looking for that. I was looking for somewhere to go to the bathroom. And so my focus was on what I needed to get done. And I didn't see what was right in front of me. How many of us have come out of a valley or were in a valley or were going into a valley that you may not even know was coming. And when you get there, you don't see what God has put in the middle of that for you because you're more focused on what you're going through. It's because your eyes have not been trained to look for it. Sometimes we're so focused on the thing we're walking through or going through that we're not seeing the table God has put right in front of us. Another example, uh, just telling all over ourselves today, but 
uh, there have been a few times in our marriage where we've gone to leave. And, and we'll go to leave, and we'll get in the, in the car, in the van, or whatever we're taking. And my wife will look at me, and she'll be like, do you know where, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Have you seen my phone? And we'll get in there, you know, and it's like, you know, nowadays you can't go anywhere without your phone, right? You just feel lost. If I leave the house without my phone, I'm like, oh, my, like, what am I going to do? What if somebody really needs to get a hold of me? <laughs> and then if you start, if you pull the rug out on that, it's like, really? You know, we're just going to eat. But she'll, ask, she'll be like, where's my phone? You know, and we'll get out. You know, we're looking at the seats. It's like, well, I thought I brought it out here. And yeah, I thought I saw you with it. And we'll, you know, one of us will go back in the house and we're looking everywhere for that phone. And we'll get, we'll, we'll get back in the car. And we're like, well, we'll just find it later. You know, it'll be all right. It's not the end of the world or whatever. And then it dawns on us all of a sudden that the phone is in her hand <laughs> because she's talking on it. You ever had that moment? Where you're looking for something, and it's like, I can't find the key, you can't find the key, where are the keys? And you've already started the car. <laughs> and you're running around the house looking for the key, I can't find my keys, I can't find my keys, where are the keys, we're going to be late. And the car's running. <laughs> you ever forgot, for all the parents in the room, you ever forgot a kid? <laughs> you're new to this parenting thing, and you're like, oh yeah, we got to remember that third person that needs to get out of the vehicle when we get home, right? Or you've had multiple kids, you know, we have four kids, and you're like, you know, one, two, make sure everybody gets out. It's like, oh, yeah, there's that one that's strapped into the car seat that can't get out on her own yet. <laughs> and a lot of times when something's new like that, or you have a, a new child, or it's your first child, or whatever, you have to, like, retrain yourself on something. Because <laughs> you're just used to just, whoo, just get out of the car, and we're just going in, you know. But just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. It just means that your eyes haven't been trained to look for it. You just haven't trained yourself to look for it. Here's how we could sum up these two examples today. It's simply this, if we were going to put it in one phrase. People don't see what people don't see. People don't see what people don't see. And just because you don't see something doesn't mean it's not there. And so, we've talked about how... <laughs> We need to put those in our back pocket and remember, maybe we're not going through a valley right now, but when the valley comes and things aren't going our way and we're struggling to see the good things that God has put there, we need to remember, hey, don't freak out. God's close to me and I need to look for, I need to look for, I need to look for the rod. I need to look for the staff. I need to look for the table. Like, I need to look for it. And then here's, here's the third thing, and I know this is going to surprise you when I say it, but Here's the third thing that we need to do right now, and we need to, we need to begin doing right now, is train your eyes. Train your eyes. Don't freak out. Notice the rod, the staff, and the table, and here's how you're going to activate those two things. You've got to begin to train your eyes. Train your eyes. I want to I look at Luke chapter 11, one verse, just verse 34. And then talk about this for just a moment. This is what it says, and you can see this on the screen. It says, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when it is unhealthy, your body is filled with darkness. Your eyes. Training your eyes. Now, this is what I believe Jesus is saying. He's saying that your eye can be healthy 
or your eye can be unhealthy. So let me ask you a question today. If you were to, to judge what you see in the midst of a valley, are your eyes healthy or are your eyes unhealthy? Are your eyes healthy or are they unhealthy? And here's what I believe Jesus is referring to in this verse is, is multiple things, but it's our assumptions, our beliefs, our perspective, and our outlook on life. Jesus is saying, it, are your assumptions healthy? or un- When you get in the middle of a storm, are your assumptions healthy or unhealthy? Are your beliefs healthy or are they unhealthy? Are your, is your perspective healthy or unhealthy? Is your outlook on life healthy or is it unhealthy? Because it's going to determine what you see and what you notice when you're in the valley. It's going to determine it. Our eyes will affect what we see and what we don't see. Our eyes will affect what we experience or what we miss out on. Our eyes affect what we attract and what we don't attract. Our eyes will affect what we see and what we don't see. And I think that what God is wanting to do in your life today is train you to be intentional to look for the good in every situation. How do you train your eyes? <laughs> Man, I'm going through something right now. I'm just like, I know it's here. I know it's here. Where's the table? Where's the table? Where's the Where's the table? I know, you know, God, I know, I know I know it's I know there's something good in this. God, where's the table? Where's the table? Where's the table? See, here's what we do a lot of times. Woe is me. <laughs> I hate that I'm going through this. God, where are you at? Why are you not hearing me? And God says, look for the table. Look for the table. Train your eyes to look for the table. <laughs> I'm in the middle of something right now, and it doesn't look like what I thought it was going to look like. My life doesn't look like what I thought it was going to look like. My marriage isn't looking like what I thought it was going to look like. Things are hard right now at work. Where's, where's the table? Where's the table? I know that God, come on, we said at the beginning of it that we believe that God has good things for us every single day. Which means that he's got good things for you even in the valley. Even in the valley. So when I'm in the valley, I'm looking for the table. I'm going to train my eyes now to look. When something happens, whew, where's the table? Where's the table? Where's the rod? Where's the, sta- where's the table? I know that God always has something good for me. Where's the table? Uh, I was thinking about light. Now, I don't know if... I. I just read a little bit about this and listened to some commentary about light because I don't completely understand everything there is about light. But there's vertical light and there's horizontal light. And so if you were to go to the beach, I don't know if you've ever been to the beach, and the sun is out and it's really bright outside, there will be things on the water that you don't see because of the way light hits the water. And so you can't see it because there's vertical light and there's horizontal light, and it makes it hard for you to see. So if there's a boat or there's somebody surfing or there's somebody out in the ocean or out in the water, it'll be hard for them to see. But I don't know if you've ever, anybody ever been familiar with polarized lenses? Anybody ever put on polarized lenses? And, and what it does is it allows you to see the things 
because of what it, how, it, how it transfers the light and the way that you see the light, it allows you to see the things that you couldn't see when you didn't have them on. And so when you walk out there and you, and, and you don't see that all, all these people out here or there's a boat way out there or whatever because the light is hitting the water just in a certain way, when you put on a pair of polarized lenses, all of a sudden you can see all of that. Oh, there's somebody, there's somebody way out, like I couldn't see them before. And I think what we need to do in our lives is we need to put on some polarized lenses. <laughs> and, I, and I think that, that, that God is offering you some polarized lenses today. And it comes in the form of training your eyes to see. Because when you train your eyes to see to where your initial reaction, when something goes wrong, your initial reaction is, oh, where's the, where's the good thing? Where's the table? Where's the good thing that, that God has prepared for me in the middle of this? Where's the good thing? And what God wants to be able to do, or wants us to be able to do, is that when a dark valley comes in our life, <laughs> we get excited because we can see the table. Because Jesus said, in this life, you're going to have trouble. So you can't expect to go into 2019, and right now you might be on the mountaintop, and expect that nothing is going to go wrong in your life at all, all year long. In this life, you will have trouble. We live in a, in a fallen world. There will be things that will happen that you didn't see coming, there might be a tragedy that you didn't see coming. There might be a relationship uh, situation that you didn't see coming. There, there are going to be things that will probably happen to you or in your family or, or in your, your circle that you didn't see coming. But whenever you start to head into the valley, what God wants you to be able to do is whenever you start to head into the valley... They're almost like, oh, I already see the table. As soon as I'm walking into the valley, I know that God's close to me. I know that he's walking through it with me. And I already see, oh, I see the rod right there. I see the staff right there. Oh, I already see the table that's right there because I know that God has always got something good for me. God has good things for you. Even though I got a bad report from the doctor, I'm looking for the good. Even though my car broke down, I'm going to find the good. Even though my spouse isn't coming to church with me, I'm going to find the rod. <laughs> even though, and not like that rod, you know, don't. <laughs> even, though, <laughs> even though my job isn't going well now, I'm going to find the staff. Even though my life doesn't look like what I thought it would look like right now, I'm going to find the table. I'm going to find the table. I want to bring the worship team back up. I'm going to find the table because I know that God has good things for me, so I'm going to find it. I know. I've already decided when things were good that God is always good. And so I've already determined ahead of time that God is always good. And so when I start to walk into the valley, I still believe that God is always good. And because I believe that God is always good in every circumstance, even when I'm going through the valley, I, I've already determined that God is always good, so I'm going to find the good. I'm going to find the table that God has already prepared for me in the middle of whatever I'm going through. Because I've already decided back here that God is good. I've already decided before I ever got here that God is good. 
I've already read that God prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies, and so I've already determined that God has something good for me, that God has good things for me every single day, and so I'm going to be intentional to look for the good. Will you stand to your feet today? So we wrap this this up today, this message up today. I want to draw your attention again to verse 6 of Psalm 23 because we focused a lot on the mountaintop in verses 1 through 3 and then the verse 4 experience where even though I walk through the, the dark valley, I'm not going to be afraid because I see the rod and I see the staff and I see the table that God has prepared for me in the presence of my enemies. But I would submit to you today that that if the psalmist hadn't noticed the rod, the staff, and the table in verses 4 and 5, then it changes what he says in verse 6. So if he doesn't notice the good thing in the middle of the dark valley, it changes what he says in verse 6. But did you notice what he said? Because he noticed the rod and the staff and the protection and the comfort and the table that's prepared, the good thing, this is, this is what he... This is what he says in verse 6. I don't know if you can put that back on the screen. He says, Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. (laughs) So because even when I walk through the darkest valley... I will not be afraid. I know that you're close beside me. I see the rod. I see the staff. I see the protection. I see the comfort. I see the table. I see the feast that you've prepared for me in the presence of my enemies. I see that that you honor me. You anoint me. That you, you, you overflow me with blessing. And because I see all of that, because I've trained my eyes to find the good thing, surely, goodness and your unfailing love are following me around everywhere I go. (laughs) Surely, surely your goodness and your unfailing love have walked with me and is pursuing me as I walk through this valley because I have predetermined that you are good. And because I've predetermined that you're good in every situation, in every circumstance, in everything that goes on in my life, I'm going to find the good. I'm going to find the table. I'm going to find the staff. I'm going to find the rod. And I'm going to, I'm going to with confidence, be able to say, because I can see all that and I know that you're good, <laughs> your goodness and your mercy, your goodness and your unfailing love are following me around everywhere that I go. <laughs> and your goodness and unfailing love is right here in the middle of the valley. Your goodness and your unfailing love is on the other side when I'm on the mountaintop again. Your goodness and your unfailing love is in the next valley that might be coming that I didn't know was coming no matter what I go through. Your goodness and your mercy pursue me. Pursue me. I can see the good thing. I can see the good thing. I can see the good thing. I wonder what my life would look like if I trained my eyes to find the good. And I wonder what your life could look like if you trained your eyes to find the good. If you went into every situation saying, I know there's a rod somewhere. I know there's a staff somewhere. 
I know there's a table somewhere, and I'm going to find it. Because I've already predetermined, I've already predecided that God is good. Amen. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes today? I want to pray two prayers, and then we're going to sing one final song today before we leave. But I want to ask this, first of all, if you're here today and and you feel you just you, there's something on the inside of you, it's the Holy Spirit. And you know today, I need to give my life to Jesus. I've never, I've never given all of me to Jesus. I've never made that commitment to him. I've, I've, I've been trying to do life my way. I've been trying to, to cope with things my way. I've been trying to figure things out my way. I've, I've been trying to do things, do life my way. And you say, today, you know what? I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to turn it all over to Jesus and allow him to lead my life. To allow him to show me the good. To allow him to be Lord and Savior of my life. Then we're going to pray a prayer. But before we pray that prayer, here's all I want to ask you to do, just so we know who we're praying with. And we're all going to pray this prayer together out loud because we believe that nobody prays alone. But if that's you today and you just feel, you just you just know right now on the inside of you, this is, I need to be included in that prayer. And you want to be included in that prayer. Will you just slip your hand up where you are? Thank you. Thank you. Let's all pray this prayer together. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me so that I could be forgiven, so that I could be free. Today I receive your forgiveness. I turn my life over to you. I want to follow you. Thank you for saving me. I confess you as Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Come on, can we clap our hands for everybody that made that decision for the first time today? Here's what I want to ask you to do if you made that decision. I want to ask you on on a Connect card somewhere near you, if you'll just put your name uh, and whatever you want to put on the front of it. But on the back of it, at the top, there's, there's a box that says, I decided to follow Jesus today. And all I want you to do, I just want you to check that box and put it in one of the giving boxes on your way out today. It's not so that so that uh, we can have, you know, your name and your information and all of that. No, it's it's because we want we want to be able to pray for you. If there's any information on that connect card as well, if there's any information you want about the church or how you can get involved, you can you can check those boxes and you can get more information. We want to we want to to be able to pray for you as this is the best decision you've ever made, but you're still walking back out into the same world that you came out of when you walked in here this morning. So we want to help you. We want to help you. Now here's the next thing I want to pray for. If, if you're here today and you say, you know what? I've, been, I've, I've come out of a valley or I'm in the middle of a valley or, or there's something going on in my life right now and I want to train my eyes. Or maybe you're not even going through a valley right now and you're on the mountaintop, but you're saying, you know what? I want to train my eyes to see the good. I want to train my eyes. That's, that's my prayer today. Will you just lift your hand right where you are? I want to be able to see the good in every situation. No matter what I go through, I want to see the good. God, you see every hand that's raised right now. God, I believe you've spoken your word to us today. Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised and even those that, that maybe didn't raise their hand, but, but they want that in their life right now. God, train our eyes to see the good, to believe, to pre-decide that you are good in every situation, that you are good in every circumstance, that you are good when it looks like we're surrounded by our enemy, when it looks like things are, are, are falling apart, when it looks like things are breaking down. God, you are always good. And so we're going to find the good in every single 
situation. And God, I pray right now, I want to invite our prayer team to come down. I pray that every person today who needs prayer for anything in their life, maybe it's something that we talked about today, maybe it has nothing to do with that, maybe they're going through a financial struggle or, or something in their marriage or they just need encouragement. God, I pray that as we sing this last song, that you would draw every person today who needs prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.